He was bruised for our transgressions and he bears eternal scars. He was raised for our salvation and his righteousness is ours. Praise, oh praise him, praise the glory of this lavished grace so full. Lift your souls now and receive the Glorious impossible. Hallelujah. 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 Glorious impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise, oh, praise him, praise the glory of this lavish grace so full. Lift your souls now and receive the glorious impossible. a little close, isn't it? <laughs> Slide over this way. <laughs> At least you show my back over here.
supposed to say hi or something you want, thank you you want to buy my mic <laughs> and um i'm i'm really really nervous and i'm not used to being nervous when i sing but tonight i've been nervous i can tell you that when chris stands up here and when we stand up here to sing and present things to you it is a spiritual battle and i have been battling all week so I'm going to give you my best shot of what the Lord has laid on my heart tonight for my testimony. Um, I've said before to give you your testimony is to open your heart, um, become vulnerable, to let others see who you really are. I have prayed about what to say to you tonight. I have struggled with thoughts of Amy. People don't want to hear this again, and you may not. However, I believe as a Christian, when asked to give my testimony, I don't have the luxury of saying no. God will simply not allow it. So tonight, I want to talk to you about scars, my scars. I know this sounds weird. <laughs> Just bear with me a few minutes. Scars. I don't know of anyone who wants a scar unless you're a teenage boy and then sometimes your scars represent something cool you've done or at least something cool they think they've done by the way i don't know anybody like that as a woman i am not happy about scars or at least i didn't used to be for you to understand how i used to feel about them and how i feel now i have to take you on a journey in 2005, I gave birth to our son, Zeke. Randy and I prayed for a child and promised the Lord we would raise him in the word. As soon as we knew we were expecting, we immediately prayed again and dedicated him to the Lord. Time passed as it should, and I prepared to be a mother, arranging the nursery and attending birthing classes. About three to four months into my pregnancy, Randy and I learned I had placenta previa. I won't go into much detail about this condition, except to say what we know as a normal birth was not possible. This diagnosis was scary because it could cause bleeding prior to delivery, which could lead to Zeke's death and mine. Because of this diagnosis, some people have asked me about possible life-saving measures if he were, be, were to be born too early. 
This diagnosis also meant I would have to have a C-section, scar number one. As many of you recall, in 2009, I had to have open heart bypass surgery due to an extra artery called a fistula, the size of a pinky finger on my heart. This fistula, a birth defect, was causing me to have breathing problems. CT results confirmed the condition could not be fixed with a heart catheterization, which would have been less invasive a procedure. Heart surgery was scheduled. Now, let me just say that during that time, I've had some people say, is that serious? And my response was, they're gonna take a buzz saw and cut my chest open. Yeah, it's serious. I knew that they were gonna cut the blood flow to the fistula, stop my heart and perform one bypass. Scar number two. In 2017, I took a job with the Guilford County School System so I could spend more time with my growing son. On Good Friday in 2018, I thought I had a stomach virus. I was scheduled to sing on Easter morning and sing in a wedding the following weekend. I was unable to meet those obligations. The Monday after Easter, the beginning of my first spring break on my job, I went to the ER thinking I was going to be given IV hydration. I would feel much better and still be able to enjoy the week with my family. Now, ladies, when you go to the ER, you don't dress up, right? Because you think, I'm just gonna be there an hour or so and then I'm coming home. That didn't go too well for me in my red pajama pants, brown shoes, and some tacky little shirt that I picked up off the floor. Get the picture, it was not pretty. Instead, I was admitted to the hospital. I was in kidney failure. I was anemic and all my blood work was off the charts. A port was inserted in my chest leading to my heart for dialysis. I was diagnosed with an ultra rare blood disease called AHUS that causes your blood to mutate and attack your organs. Kidneys apparently control your heart rate, your perspiration, they clear your body of all these toxins that allow you to think clearly. Who knew kidneys were so sensitive? They are. <laughs> At that point, I was fighting for my life in a race to stop the disease from attacking other organs. I spent 10 days in the hospital before being discharged a surgery was performed on my arm, creating a fistula for dialysis because I was given no hope of my kidneys working again. Now, if you're listening, I had one fistula removed, right? So then I had to have another one put in my arm. I refer to this arm as my Frankenstein arm. There is no cure for AHUS and only one pharmacy in the world that produces a drug to stop the progression. This drug must be admitted by an IV. To maintain my life, I would need bi-weekly infusions to keep my blood from mutating. A few weeks after discharge, I received another permanent port for my infusions. If you're keeping count, we're up to scars three, four, and five. I share all of this with you because before you can shout with me on the mountaintop, you have to walk with me through the valley. God revealed to me one day in the Chick-fil-A drive through just what my scars mean. Let's review. Scar one, my C-section. Zeke was born at 37 weeks, happy, healthy, and no bleeding. Extreme measures were not needed for him or for me. Scar number two, my heart surgery. The blood supply to the fistula was closed. 
The bypass was a success, and they did not have to stop my heart. Scars three, four, and five. I was on dialysis for six grueling weeks. After crying out to Jesus, he woke up my kidneys. My kidney doctor has told me that I have more than enough kidney function to live my life, even after losing 60% of function. The scar on my arm for dialysis, my Frankenstein arm, has never been used. In the beginning, my infusions were every two weeks. Now they are every four months. I don't really have scars. I have marks where I have been touched. Touched by the master. You see, I couldn't reach out and touch him physically, and I really wanted to. I didn't need to. He touched me. When people see my scars, I'm more than happy to tell you of the valley, the highs and the lows, the times I cried and the times I laughed. But my story will always end with I have been touched by the master. Some say I am a miracle, maybe, but I know, I know, I am a sinner saved by grace. As long as I live, I will tell my story. How many marks do you have? Perhaps you don't have visible marks on the outside. <clears throat> Yours are on the inside. Those are harder to see, but they are still there. As Christians, we tend to hide our marks sometimes and our wounds. Tell your story. The scripture says we are to pick up our cross, lay down our lives, and become a living sacrifice. For God is calling. Thank you.
Well, um, <clears throat> I want to give my testimony, and I just thank God for what he did for Amy. Um, that was really amazing, and I remember when we were praying for her. Um, but for me, I just want to say that God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I just want to praise Jesus right now and thank him for giving his life and shedding his blood for me on that cross and for giving me eternal life. And I take that personal. And I, uh, I uh, just want to say that I was in and out of church as a child. I was saved at 18. And when I asked Jesus to come into my life, it was the best feeling in the world. He forgave me and filled me with his spirit. I was a very shy child. I still have a hard time talking, even though I can sing. I, I uh, am very nervous, but I just want to say that I wanted to serve God. And being up in front of people was hard for me, but I wanted to sing for him. And I remember praying and praying and asking him, Father, I will sing for you if you will help me because I don't know if I can get up there. But I remember my father and my stepmother, they were singing, and he asked me if I wanted to sing with them. And, of course, I had been praying, so I started singing with them. And at first it was really scary, but you know what? My need to serve God was more than my fear. And so I trusted him. And I sang with them for several years. And um, I remember that after we stopped singing and I was going to a church where at the time I, I wasn't really studying my Bible like I should, just like Chris was saying, that we really need to study our Bible and read it. Because I didn't have the armor that I thought I needed. And Satan, as sneaky and lying as he is, he wormed his way into my life to deceive me. And I got my eyes off of God for a while. He distracted me. But you know what? God always, always calls his children back. And that was not a good time in my life, but you know what? When I came back to him, it was different because I knew that I needed to, get, to be stronger in God and I knew that I needed to get into his word because his word is power. And if we don't study his word, we don't have the power we need. And we do need um, to study and draw closer to him. So... I uh, was, was a person who worried a lot, and I needed to learn to trust God instead of just worrying how things were going to uh, get paid or how things were going to get done. And Satan, knowing my weaknesses, of course, he played on that too. And he'll constantly make you believe a lie. He made, it made me sick to think that I worried as much as I did when I have a heavenly father who loves me and said that he would provide for me. So I started a Bible study with some family that doesn't live in Greensboro. And the more that I learned, the more that I studied God's word, the more I trusted him. And um, the more I... Uh, begin to learn and trust his word. I'm in a place now where I can believe when he says he'll provide for me. I can believe that he will, even when I don't know how. I trust him when he says he'll meet my needs. And Psalms 9, 10 says, a refuge in time of trouble. And those who know your name will put they, they, their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. He will make a way where there is no other way. His word does not turn to him void. 
the more I speak his word, the more I realize he will answer. And his word is power and life. And also, um, as I, I learned that my words are important, in Psalms 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And that is exactly why I am staying focused on him because he's the only thing that matters. And there's a song right now that I really love and it's kind of like my testimony when it says, I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. And um, it says, when the road runs dead, you can see a way I don't. And it makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for. It says, when I see a flood, you see a promise. When I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. And it's, I don't know a way. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. And it says, you've been good on every promise from Eden to Zion, through every dead end. And out of that grave, I don't know how you'll make a way, but I know you will. And I just want to say that even though Pastor Chris, he says that we need to study. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that if you don't get into God's word, there's going to come a time when you wish that you had it. So don't wait until you desperately need it. Go ahead and, and learn his word because remember, there's power in his word. Thank you. <laughs> well, as y'all can tell tonight, um, I'm the leader of this game. <laughs> and I didn't lead very well. I had people going up at the wrong time and singing the wrong thing and all that stuff. But you know, all I can say is I'm trying to serve him. Maybe. I'm just trying to serve him. I ain't gonna be perfect. I'm not gonna get it right every time. Most of the time I'm not gonna get it right. But he is faithful. And when I get it wrong, he gets it right. So listen to the words of this song.
Grace, we need grace. <laughs> I don't like all these Later, what are we getting in today? Better watch out. You might be trying to. You wouldn't plan on preaching. I don't have one in paper. You wouldn't plan on preaching tonight, were you? I'm kidding. <laughs> I might as well not have a paper. I'm kidding. <laughs> Goodness of God. Just wait for you to tell everybody. Can I keep my mic this time? Yeah, I think so.
Yeah. 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 Yeah.
This morning, somebody came to me and said that uh, they thought 25 minutes would have been long enough for the sermon because I preached an hour, but they didn't understand that I got my 30 minutes in for this morning and I got my 30 minutes in for tonight, all right? So I got them all in at the same time. So if you give me one minute and then when Sarah's finishing up her song, uh, we'll be getting ready for the baptismal service for the three candidates here. If you've noticed the theme tonight, um, it's the testing, it's the trials, but it's also the endurance and the faithfulness of God throughout these times. There's never a more practical book of the Bible than James. And if you understand the book of James, then you're understanding this. The Bible says, James, a bondservant of Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who were dispersed. Now, why in the world would the 12 tribes be dispersed? It's because they were running for their lives because they were experiencing the scars that Amy was, was talking about earlier, the trials and temptations. You and I have never experienced that kind of different trial or temptation, I would say. We will probably one day, but we have not yet. But he says all of us are going to go through our various trials and our temptations in our life. We're going to encounter these. And he says, but there's something that these trials and temptations are going to produce, and it's going to produce endurance. It's going to produce endurance in our life. And he said, allow it to stop fighting it, allow it to produce endurance, because in the end, when it's all said and done, you may be perfect, you may be complete, and you will lack nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but to lack nothing in life doesn't mean we will not still need for bread and water, but it's talking about anything spiritual in our life. We will say, God, I am totally dependent upon you, and it's all a result of what you have brought me through in my life and has produced this endurance in my life. And so that's what's been sung about tonight is we have learned how to have a dependence upon God, but it's all come through the different trials and temptations that we've endured in our life. Father, we love you today as Sarah sings this last song. I wanna thank you for all those who you've given these talents to Thank you for Debbie leading all these groups and getting them assembled, working on this for many weeks. Thank you for each of these people giving their time and their, their talents back to you and what you've given to them. God, I thank you for these three candidates of baptism, Lord. I pray for their lives as they understand what it means to stand up here and be baptized, to be a follower of you and to show this to the crowd in front of them. We're thankful for their choice to do this in Jesus' name, amen. As Sarah sings.
How exciting is it to have two baptisms in one month, right? Yeah. And so have these uh, these children come to uh, follow the Lord in believer's baptism. So I want to go ahead and tell you that we have Reagan and Rylan, all right, and I'm going to mess up their names. I'm going to call them Remy, and I'm going to call them probably the dog's name. Who knows? But uh, I, I asked them a lot. I said, does your mom ever mess up your name? Yes. You know, so I said, well, good. I won't feel so bad if I, if I mess up your name. But we have the youngest one coming today, and it's Rylan. She's ready. And I said, who's going first? She said, me. And I said, okay. <laughs> so honestly, as you're, as you're speaking to these children, you know, you, you try to make it as clear as you possibly can, making sure they understand, obviously, whatever, you know, no one understands what salvation is, and their parents have done a fantastic job in, in, in discipling them and raising them and giving them the gospel. But then it comes to a point also is what is baptism, you know? And so explaining that, and so as I sat down with these kids, and, and honestly, she was just kind of listening in, and, 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 but she was just glued on our conversation, I guess about four or five weeks ago. And I asked, I said, does everybody understand? And she said, I know exactly what you were talking about. I understand it. You know, she was, she was very clear. And so she understands that today that she wants to show all of you guys that she's received Jesus Christ as her Savior. And she wants you guys to also hold her accountable to this. And she wants you to help disciple her. And that is the job of the church, is it not? To help raise them. So, Rowling, are you ready, honey? Anything you want to say? Okay. First time I've ever heard you silent. So that's good. <laughs> Let's sweet. Rowling, I baptize you, my sister. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Dying to self, raising again to new life. Here's your sister Reagan. It's like last week, uh, uh, two weeks ago, we had uh, uh, two sisters get baptized, and now we have. Uh, two more sisters getting baptized, and it uh, just shows a lot about the home. And so, Reagan, I'm very proud of you, honey, and what you uh, God's going to do with you. He has a plan for your life, and I know you know that, and uh, you're just waiting whatever he has for you, correct? All right. Anything you want to say? Okay. <laughs> I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Dying to self, raising again to new life. Nolan's my buddy, and uh, I, I love Nolan, and uh, and I tell you, I, I, I think a lot of Nolan, he and I have grown in our relationship, and um, and I've had uh, extensive talks with Nolan, and, and, and uh, he says, I completely understand, and he wants to show you guys that he is a Christian. He told me today, he said, the Christian life is tough, and I said, it's never been more truer words. But he wants to show you today that he wants to follow the Lord in believers' baptism also. Nolan? Nolan, my brother, I baptize you today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Dying to self, raising again to new life. God has been faithful to us every day. Even through the trials, you have produced endurance. And God, if we lack the wisdom, let us call upon you when you are so willingly to give it to us freely. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Make sure you tell these singers and all how to thank you. Thank them for the job well done. God bless you. Good night.